Good morning. Hi, I'm Daisy Elizabeth, and you're listening to The Daisy Take. I hope you all are having a wonderful Friday. It is December 23rd. I'm sitting wrapped up in my cozy blanket, just all warm, waiting for Santa Claus. Okay, whatever. But I am in my cozy blanket, and... I'm drinking a cup of cappuccino and I am waiting for Christmas day. Today we're going to discuss, I I thought I would do an episode about Christmas ghost stories and I kind of wanted to dissect Charles Dickens famous Christmas Carol or Scrooge. However, I was thinking, what is Christmas? What is it really about? I believe Charles Dickens had the right attitude when he wrote the story of Scrooge in A Christmas Carol. As humans, we are all selfish. We envy each other. You're always looking to see who's doing what or who has what or who got discovered where. Oh, my favorite one is... Oh, you started a podcast? Interesting. Like, I would never have anything interesting to say. Okay. (laughs) I have to say, the story of Scrooge is my favorite. I listen to it, or I watch it, every Christmas Eve. It's tradition. That's my tradition. And I just, I love it. Um... But why did he write the story? That's the question I've always asked myself. And I really never looked it up um, before this. Oh, and I do have to say information for today's episode comes from bbc.com and some YouTube videos. So I was really just like, what is the story of Scrooge? Um, Why did he write the story of Christmas Carol? That's my question. I always ask myself. There must have been a reason. So I decided to fall down a little rabbit hole and have a look. Now, supposedly the reason for writing a Christmas Carol, he wanted his readers to realize if they continue poor children, if they continue to deny poor children, the necessities they would need to grow up, they would become dangerous adults. Uh, I can see how that would come. Changes to society concerning child labor. In 1843, he traveled to Manchester to give a speech in support of the educational charity for working men and women. His older sister, Fanny, now, see, that's where his inspiration, he, he puts her in the book, uh, lived in Manchester with her husbands and her two sons, Harry and Charles. When he visited them, he realized the difficulties they were having, especially his nephew, Harry. So this made him think about the realities of what it was like for impoverished, disabled children. Harry was the inspiration for Tiny Tim, and sadly, unlike Tiny Tim, Harry did not survive. 
and whatever efforts were made by his uncle, Charles Dickens, Harry ultimately passed away. I think that this was his way of writing all of this, getting all of it off his chest, maybe, maybe moving forward. Because I think that he suffered a great loss with his nephew, Harry, because I think he really wanted to save him. You know, he really wanted that. And I just really feel that <clears throat> there was a huge loss he suffered. So maybe writing was, I don't know, his way of therapy. Now, while walking through Manchester, he was horrified by the sight of the starving families in the street, the poverty. I mean, it was so horrifying he couldn't stand it. And Britain at this time was experiencing economic depression, unemployment, and it was growing exponentially, like just really growing. Two harvests had failed and the price of everyday foods couldn't even be afforded. And I can't even imagine that now because of all the prices that we're going through. I mean, the prices of groceries now are just unreal. Um, the price of gas, you know, I can't even imagine not being able to buy a gallon of milk or a loaf of bread because I couldn't afford it. It's, it's unreal. Dickens, he gave a speech to call for reform on what he had seen. And his words were with fury and he was feeling powerless. He called for the upper class of wealthy, privileged men determined never to share the riches with those who needed help. I believe in sharing. I believe in giving. I don't understand people that are so rich and wealthy. I mean, rich beyond a means that I will never know in my lifetime. How can you be that rich and not help? You know? So I guess the saying is true. It is better to give than to receive. That's how I feel. Even if I had something, but I couldn't afford something else that I wanted, I would give what I had because that's really how I feel. When he made the speech, it was reported in newspapers all over the country. By the time he traveled back to London, he knew he needed to write something important. And this was the first known mention of A Christmas Carol. So he started writing it. Um, and that was the first known mention. In his letter to a Scottish Academy, that's when he really decided he was going to write a Christmas Carol. And he spent six weeks writing it. He finished his novella on December 2nd. He was stressed and panicking about his finances. His publishers, Chapman and Hall, were very unsupportive. And what they considered a strange idea. His current novel he had out, it had lost readers. And publishers were losing confidence in their star author. I mean, they were just losing confidence in him. 
And as a result of their lack of confidence in him, they refused to pay the full cost for publishing A Christmas Carol. So Dickens paid the rest himself. Now the book was finished, Charles Dickens was furious on how little effort Chapman and Hall were making to publicize. They weren't promoting it. And they had really come back to regret their, their decision and their lack of confidence in A Christmas Carols and in Charles Dickens, which, by the way, it was an instant overwhelming success in 1844, Charles Dickens moved to a rival publishing house, Bradbury and Evans. So, you know, he wasn't getting the respect he deserved. So he was like, y'all are fired, y'all are hired. And I guess it just exploded from there. I, I think that Charles Dickens has one of the most fascinating minds. His imagination is just wonderful. And I can't even imagine turning out something like that. I, I can't. Like in my own mind, I can't. So they had a lack of confidence and... He said, well, bye. Because he wrote a number one bestseller. And it was flying off the shelf. They couldn't make enough. A Christmas Carol was published December 19th, 1843. For some years, people had been feeling nostalgic in which Christmas had been celebrated in the past. The plot was so highlighted on how Christmas lost its former glory from the time of charitable giving. <clears throat> and he really wanted to take you back in your mind. I watch A Christmas Carol. And I go back there in my mind. It's my favorite show, Christmas Eve, every Christmas Eve. And it's very nostalgic. You know, and I even try to make Christmas pudding. Um, and I made it really good once and I made it really bad once. So, but I did try that Christmas pudding because I thought, wow, that's, um, I just want to go back to that time to just walk one day in that time during that season, just to see it. Charles Dickens, I guess the publication of A Christmas Carol even surprised him. He had no idea it was going to take off the way it did. And the orders were coming so fast from town and country. It soon was necessary to reprint. So I guess it was just as quick and fast. Nobody knew or had any idea it was going to take off the way it did. And coincidentally, in 1843 was the only year in which a very first Christmas card was produced commercially. I guess that's when the very first Christmas card was produced commercially. And it was the idea of a busy civil servant, Henry Cole, 
who didn't have time to write the expected long Christmas letter. So he had a thousand cards printed and those he didn't need, he put it for sale. A Christmas Carol has never been out of print. It's known throughout the world and can be commented on every newspaper, every December, shown on every TV. You can hear it on a podcast now, anywhere you want. Dickens used the telling of a Christmas Carol for his own feelings about society. And Ebenezer Scrooge. The comment that poor people are unable to work should die and decrease the surplus population. Dickens was voicing what he believed many of his readers felt about the poor and how he believed once viewed him as a laboring child in a prison debtor of an imprisoned debtor. So those words are harsh, you know, those, those words are harsh. And it's crazy because back in those days, if you had debt and it wasn't paid, you could go to prison. Nowadays, they just send you to the collection agency. But um, back then, they really, you know, they were really, you know, up, oh, you owe debt, prison. So I'd be like, put my shackles on, honey, because I'm going. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You know, it's, um, those words actually haunt Scrooge in the end because they're thrown back in his face. And I believe he feels ashamed of that, of the, ashamed of the man he was. I think the scariest thing about a Christmas Carol is when the ghost of Christmas present starts to fade away. And then he notices something under his robe and it looks like a little claw so he thought it was like a little animal or something, but it was two children and they are hideous and disgusting looking. And it's a boy and a girl. And Scrooge is looking at them in horror with such fear. And the ghost tells him the boy is ignorance and the girl is want. Beware of them all, but most of all, beware of the girl. And in the book, it says, beware them both and above all their degree. To me, that's very telling because there's a lot of ignorant people out there and there's a lot of people who just want. They don't care about giving. They don't care about anything but themselves. They just want. So his main reason for writing A Christmas Carol, which he does put his real life Fanny in and his real life sister, and he does put his nephew in as Tiny Tim. Uh, he wanted his re readers to realize if they continue to deny poor children, the necessities of life like food, shelter, warm clothing, healthcare, education, they would grow up dangerous and violent adults. The children born in workhouses. And now I don't know how y'all feel about spirits and ghosts and hauntings, but if you've ever seen a child spirit, 
To me, they're even more frightening than seeing an adult spirit. Children, you just can't imagine them dying young because they have their whole lives ahead of them. And that's getting into another subject and that's for the new year. So we'll talk about that then. But that's my take on Charles Dickens and A Christmas Carol. He took all of these things that he was feeling and he wrote a book about it. One of the most haunting, foretelling, beautiful books I've read my whole life. And that is one book that will sit on my nightstand and I can read it throughout the year. That's how much I love it. I really, you know, it's just my rendition, my take, and I hope you all have enjoyed it. I want to thank all of you for listening. I know I've only been doing my podcast for a couple months, but I wanted to thank y'all for listening. And it's Friday, December 23rd, the day before Christmas Eve. And I hope you all have a merry, merry Christmas. And I hope you all get lots of prezzies. And I hope that your house is full of joy and happiness and warmth. And I just hope you make it a wonderful holiday. So Merry, Merry Christmas. From my family to yours. Happy holidays, everyone. Bye.